Okay, so in Kohelet chapter 4, which we, we are at, is the um, is page 1281. Right, just a, a bit of a precursor for all the new ladies that are here. Don't get sucked into the rowdiness of certain individuals. No, I'm not. Your guilt, your guilt is your stuff. Okay, let's go. So, chapter 4. Chapter ver- verse number 3. 1281. There's a lot of so much, there's so much in it, but uh, it, it's a little bit, the point of Kohelet, just to, just to uh, revise a bit, is we read on Sukkot, we read on Sukkot, it's the, it's the last book that Shlomo HaMelech writes. And the point of it is to kind of like temper the simcha of, uh, well, the, the unbridled simcha of Sukkot. Sukkot, we have the Samach it's this amazing simcha, and sometimes we get that simcha a little bit overplayed, and we just forget about what the real world is, and Kohelet brings us down into that real world in a very real way. Um, so, so a lot of it is a little bit um, um, dour, grim, can be a bit morbid at times, but uh, it's Torah, and we have to learn it, and, let's, and we'll get some beautiful lessons out of it. Okay, so chapter 4, I'm going to read the English of, of verse 1 and 2. And three, but I really want to go into verse number four today on a very big level. So he says the following I returned and contemplated all the acts of oppression that are committed beneath the sun, tears of the oppressed with none to comfort them, and the oppressors have the power with none to comfort them. We spoke about that who the oppressors are, who the oppressed are. So I consider more fortunate the dead who have already died than the living who are still alive, as you can see, quite not upbeat kind of verse, right? Those who are those. Um, People who are, who are no longer in the world that have to suffer the oppression. But better than either of them is he who has not yet been and has never witnessed the evil that is committed beneath the sun. So now this is quite interesting because what he's saying is that it's, it, it, it seems to be reflecting. There's a, there's a fascinating discussion in the Gomorrah. Is that um, with all the things that human beings get, onto, get, get into and all the evil that is perpetrated, not the good that is perpetrated, the evil. Um, what, what, what's, like, is it better for us to have been created or not to have been created as, as the human condition? So the Gomorrah comes out and says that they debate this for years and years and years, back and forth. Can you imagine that? Like you're asking whether the human being in the world is better to have been or not to have been. Would the world have been a better place without people? Sure. So that yours is quite an interesting answer because they debated it for seven years. Who, who said you are? Yeah. So would it be a better place without people? So there would be nothing without people. If you really think about it, there's nothing, there's everything that exists in the world other than the basics or the basis of the world would not be here. You just have like, like, being in the, like being in the Kruger Park without the roads, right? The whole time. That's what the world would be. That's just one big forest, one big nothingness, because there are no people. So what is better? And comes out the Gomorrah that says that it's better in actual fact that we weren't created. 
Okay? But now that we are, let's make the best of it. That's what Shlomo Melech is saying. He's saying that, that the, the most pure form of human being, untainted, is the one that's not yet created. Where they haven't been uh, impacted by the, uh, the difficulties, the trials, the tribulations, the, the good, the bad, everything that happens in the world. However, having said that, the fact is that we are created. And we have to ask ourselves, what drives us? Now listen to this, because now Kohelet throws in a, a, a pasuk, which is really something that we all need to, need to really be aware of, and we're going to go into it quite deeply. It says Kohelet, verse number 4. And uh, I saw... Et kol amal, all the hard work that people do. Ve et kol kishrona mase. Kishrona mase means like the things that people use their specific skills for. What is the thing that drives our hard work, and what is the thing that drives our ambition? I'm asking you. What drives the work that when we? Some people work really hard. And some people are unbelievably ambitious. And they will use the skills that Hashem has given them or that they have acquired to do incredibly great things. What drives that? What do you think drives that? Pleasure. Pleasure. What do you mean by that? That the outcome of what you get is your goal. Okay. Okay, and what's the pleasure? Why is the achievement pleasure? So I'm going I'm to dig and dig and dig because we need to answer, what, what do, what do, you'll see what he says, don't, don't carry on the verse. What, what's driving the pleasure? What makes it pleasurable? What makes it an achievement? What makes it so great? What are the things that are pushing us all the time? That's what he's saying. He sees, he sees all this incredible hard work. The word amelut, by the way, is a word that describes two things. In the, when we, when we, um, um, before we learn, there is a, the Gemara says that there's a, a little tefillah that we say. One of the tefillah is that we, that uh, it goes basically, we wake up in the morning and they wake up in the morning. We wake up um, and we toil and they wake up and they toil. The word is amelut. So it's toil, it's hard work, it's driven. It's something that's making you work very hard. What is the thing that makes us work so hard? What is the thing that, why do we get pleasure by the achievements that we achieve? Is it simply because we achieved it? In reference to who? Is it ourselves? Is it always ourselves? Okay, a lot of different elements, right? Okay, friends, pressure. So there's a lot going on in the thing that drives us to do the things that we do, right? Whatever they may be, coming to a shir on a Friday morning, right? So listen to what he says here. Says Shlomo Melech, um, what is it? You know what drives Amelut? 
the hard toil, you know, it drives the skillful use of, the, of, of all these talents that we have. He says, it's one thing. Kin'at ish ehu. What's kin'at? Jealousy. It says what drives us is jealousy. That we are jealous of others and therefore we strive to achieve. In order for us. I mean, I'm not saying he's right. I'm just telling you what he's saying. I'm not, I mean, I'm not saying he's wrong. I'm just saying, this is what he's saying. We are jealous of others and therefore we strive to achieve certain things in order to achieve pleasure that we have achieved something perhaps better than somebody else or different from somebody else, right? And, and therefore we can also claim we have achieved. That's what he's saying, which is quite hectic. Say again? It is a, a massive element. Now, why did he say that? So Rashi says the following. Vera'iti ani et kolama. So he says, what is the Amelut? The Amelut, he says, is very simple. Heina Averot. He says, don't think I'm talking about the positive things that you achieve. I'm talking about the negative things that you achieve. What drives our Averot, he's saying. Listen carefully. Why do we do Averot? Shahin Amal Be'inei Kadosh Baruch Hu. Because there are two types of Amelut. There's the Amelut of learning Torah. And anything outside of the parameters, not of learning Torah, of being within a Torah consciousness is called an Avera. I mean, that is a mind-boggling statement. Anything out of Torah consciousness is an Avera. So, if you are playing tennis with the purpose of being healthy, for the purpose of being able to live your life in a better way, to connect to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, that's fantastic. If you're doing it because you're just doing it, with no purpose, with no consciousness whatsoever, it's problematic. It's unbelievable. I'm telling him. I don't remember. Say again? So it's not so clear that. There's the Gemara, the Gemara we just did in Davyoim. The Gemara discusses that, that this concept of Mitoch Shiloh Lishma Balishma is not, not as. We love it because it allows us to do the things that we want to do. Oh, not so Bishma, eventually I'll get to Bishma. You know, like, oh. So just so, so bear that in mind. Because we do know that according to Pirkei Avot, it says that you should do everything L'Shem Shemayim. Everything. Everything means everything. It's an amazing thing. It's like an unbelievable thing. Now you bring your children to, to school, L'Shem Shemayim. Because you want to educate them. You want them to be something better in their lives. Everything. Everything. I'm not saying I do. I'm just saying what he says. Okay? Unbelievable. Then he says, that all the skill, skill-based work, why do we do it? The whole thing is because you want to be jealous of somebody else. Um, so says the Rabbeinu Bachaya, and we're going to look at two um, examples of jealousy. Tell me the two examples of jealousy that you know. The most simple one is right at the beginning of the world. Cain and Hevel. Cain and Abel. <coughs> so the Kiyakar says, if you go, let's, look in, let's look into the puzzle. It's important to look at. So if you go back to, go to Bereshit, so Genesis chapter 4. And in the uh, study guide, that is on page um, 20. 
So it says that, they had, that Adam and Chava have these two children. The one is named is Hevel, and Hevel was a, um, a shepherd, and Cain was a farmer. You've got the shepherd and the farmer. Hevel is the, is the shepherd, Cain is the farmer. Cain is the older one. Okay? And then what happens? It says, After a number of days, What does Cain do? He brings from his produce, Mincha Hashem. What's a Mincha? Not governing in the afternoon. A Mincha is a free will offering that you bring. Something I want to bring an offering, I bring an offering to Hashem, it's called, it's called a Mincha. Excuse me. The Hevel Hevi Gam Hum Michal And what does Hevel do? Look at the words carefully. The Hevel Hevi and Hevel brought Gam Hu, also him. <coughs> From the best of his flocks. And Hashem looks favorably to Hevel and to his. Um, Korban rather than to Kain, says the Kliyaka. There is a word here that is so fundamental that is going to color this whole story for us in a different way. And what's that word? Gam. The Hevel, Hevi, Gam, Hu. Hevel brought also him. Didn't have to say that. Obviously, if, if Kain brings something and Hevel brings something, then Hevel also brought. Right? You know, like, it's like the Torah is not a. So no, it's not, it's not, you know, you're, you're, I'm starting to teach Sarah to read, you know. So it does not read, you know, like sentences, you know. John sat on the mat, and then the mat was the, you know, it's like, it doesn't do that. Torah is very, is all over. Mahu gam, says the Kliyaka, what is gam? Vera'iti besefet trorhamor, that the, the book called trorhamor, ma'ashim katat et heaven. It comes to put some certain amount of guilt onto heaven. Hevel is the one that Hashem looked favorably on. Right? Comes the Torah Hamor and the Torah Hamor says there's a certain level of guilt on Hevel. What's the guilt? <clears throat> that he himself did not initiate the Korban. When does he bring it? Only after he sees Kain. The others. Now hold on a second. All of a sudden, who's jealous of God? Or who's jealous of who? Yeah. We've always said that, that Cain kills his brother because he was jealous because God looked favorably on him, right? But can you see that Torah most switches the whole story around? He says that the reason what, that, that, that there's a certain level of guilt that exists on Hevel because Hevel followed, copied Cain. He didn't initiate himself. Do you understand that? That's like a whole different way of seeing this whole story. And that's why it says that he brought Gamhu. It comes to as a hint. He did it because he was jealous of his brother. And it could be that because he did it, because of kina, because of jealousy, that is why Shlomo HaMelech wrote this passage. Says the Kliyakar. It could be that Shlomo HaMelech saw that the foundation of the, of the human being, right, is founded on jealousy even though we don't always see it. Because you think, why does, Kain brings this thing, Hevel brings the one, Hashem looks favorably on Hevel, right, and you forget about the whole story that happened. 
There's a whole interchange going on between the two of them. And therefore he goes on and he says the following. It says, now he goes to the apostle. I want to look at the story. So they, each of them bring their, their, their mincha. And, uh, and it says there, I'm in now verse number five. And Hashem did not look to Kain and to his korban. And Kain became very angry. And his face dropped. In other words, he became dejected. He became depressed. And Hashem says to Kain, Why are you feeling depressed? What's the story? It's up to you. If you improve yourself, if you do the best that you can do, then everything is going to be okay. But if you don't, then Lefeta Khatat revates that at every opening, at every opportunity that you can have to make a better choice, that's where sin is ready. It's going to come and get you. And you have a choice whether or not to rule over it. So now, So Kain, Kain, unbelievable, by the way, just think about this. Kain, who Hashem did not look favorably upon, okay, has a whole conversation with God. So amazing. Imagine that. Imagine that. Imagine you did an Avera. And Hashem came and says, why are you, why are you so down? You did an Avera, but you could do better. You know? uh, if you really tried harder, everything would be okay. But if you don't try harder, the sin is waiting. It's going to get you every single time. You know, back up, move on. It's quite cool. Right? Do you think that would not like, make him feel great? But look what happens. Um, Sorry, okay. And Kain says to Hevel, his brother. What did he say to his brother? What does it say? It doesn't say a word. It doesn't say anything. We have no clue what the conversation is. And while they wander in the field, and Kain comes and he jumps onto heaven and he kills him. So what is the conversation that ensues following what Hashem had said to Kain? Okay, you got that. That's nowhere. We don't see it. Says the Kliyaka of the following. He says that it could be. The reason why it tells that they're in the field is because the, um, the whole issue was about Korbanot. And each one of them tries to get to, to up to that kind of, uh, what's the word? Were you, you, were you, you know, you're better than the other one. To up, what's it? Uh, to, to, to show that he's better than the other one. Why? So this is what happens here. Hevel says to Kain that um, Kain brought from Pishtan. What's Pishtan? What's Pishtan? Flax. Okay, flax. Remember, we've got a mitzvah in the Torah that you're not allowed to mix wool and linen. Wool, why would you not mix wool and linen? Is there anything wrong with wool and linen? Right, there are a lot of clothes that are made out of wool and linen. It's quite popular, wool and linen, because this is part of the wool and linen story here. That, that, that kind brings pishtan, which is flax, which is where linen is made out, and hevel brings wool. And wool and linen do not mix. Not in this way. Okay? So Hevel says to him, you brought um, Pishtan. And Kain says to Hevel, he says, well, I was the one who started the whole thing out from the beginning. And uh, the only reason you brought your Korban was because you wanted to be like me. He says, you know what? Since you didn't do this thing on your own, 
Since you saw it only that other people were doing it, since you saw it so you know, if the fact that you were prepared, the only reason you brought it is because somebody else did it, then you will never ever do good things. Kind says to heaven. He says to him, you will always wait for others to initiate what is good. If that is the case, if you're always going to be the one that is waiting for other people to initiate things and then you will follow them, you have no purpose in this world whatsoever. And therefore, he killed him. Do you understand what's going on here? Shlomo HaMelech says that the whole of humanity right, is driven in the hard work and the things that they do because they are jealous of other people. What he is saying is, says the Kliyaka, what he is saying is that jealousy is a thing, as we say in Pirkei Avot, what's in et Adam bin Olam. It says there are three things that take you out of this world. What are they? Anyone know? Hakina, Hakavod, Hataiva. Kina is jealousy, covered is desire for honor, and taiva is like physical desire. Those three things take you out of this world. What does he mean by that? What he means by, what, what Pirkei Avot means by that is that the initial engagement of two brothers is based on this concept of kina. And the kina where the, the brother who doesn't get seen favorably says to the one who is seen favorably, which is so fascinating in and of itself, he says to him, it's all very nice that you did such a fantastic thing, but it's all about following somebody else. You never initiate it. And if you don't initiate it, you have no place in this world. Kina is the thing. You, were, you had jealousy on me. It's going to take you out of this world. And he kills him. Why is that so important for us? Why is it so important for, 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 uh, for Shlomo HaMelech? Because the Gemara tells us that... Um, Listen carefully to this. That there is no, you cannot have a base medrash if there are no chidushim. What does chidushim mean? New things. There has to be constant um, innovation. There has to be innovation. Where does the innovation come from? From you. Why do you want to innovate? Because you want to innovate. Because you want to be, bring new things into this world. But if the only reason you want to make Kiddushim is because you also want to write another book to put on the shelf so that, you know, Chaim Shmel wrote a book and I wrote a book, that's Kinnah. And so we have to look deep into ourselves in the things that we try to achieve and ask ourselves, what are they motivated from? Are they motivated by Kinnah? Or are they motivated by me, as you said, trying to achieve great things in myself, for myself? L'shem Shamayim. When it's L'shem Shamayim, out of this world. When it's Kina, it's Motzin et Adam in Olam. It does the complete opposite. We think it brings us into this world, but it doesn't, says Shlomo Amelech. You got it? You happy? It's not easy. I'm not Muslim. Hear me? I'm not Muslim. I'm just telling you what he says. It's powerful. Then there is another example of Kina. Who's the other example of Kina? From the Torah. So we've got Kain and Hevel, that's like hectic. Okay? Korah. What's Korah's story? What is he jealous of? What, what's he really jealous of? Not jealous of Kuna. He's jealous of Kavod. Right? He's got a whole... What happens is that Moshe and Aaron become the leaders. But actually, if you look in the line, in the lineage, Korach should have come before Aaron. So he says, oh, well, I should have come first. That's the case. You know what? 
Avonim, I do something about it. I'm going to get rid of Aaron. I'm going to get rid of Moshe. I don't want to be, I'm supposed to be the leader. So he goes to try and do that. The, um, the, the Rabbeinu Bechaya says that Korach is, we know that Korach was an incredibly holy being. So how could it be that if Korach, who was this incredibly holy man, big Talmud Chochem, big Tzadik, big everything, very wealthy, he had everything. How could he also succumb to jealousy in that way? Right? Got it? So the Rabbeinu Bachaya tells us, listen to this. I'm going to read it in English because it's easier. Quotes from Pirkei de Rebbe Eliezer. He says the following. The trail of jealousy is not limited to human beings. Even the angels are reported of having been jealous of Adam until they succeeded in seducing him into sinning and he was forced to exchange his garment of intelligence for garments made of inferior materials. Let's understand that. What happens? Adam, Arishon, and Chava are living. They're running around naked. Whatever that means. I mean, like, uh, it's weird, right? Because what does it mean? But they're running around. They've got no clothes on them. The only thing, because remember, as Shakespeare said, what's this one, right? the apparel oft proclaims the man. The things that we wear, the way we dress, is an expression of ourselves. Adam and Chava, the only thing that they wore was their intelligence. That's all they had. Right? That was the thing that defined them. We define ourselves by the way we dress, the way we behave, all those things. What defined them was their intelligence. What happens is that the snake, which according to Rabbeinu Bukhaya, according to the Pirkei Eliezer, um, did is take away that aspect of them, that definition of them, and HaKadosh Baruch Hu in response does what? He gives them clothes. Right? So the clothes now become the thing that define them. At least what people see of them. And says, Pirkei de Rebeliezer, the word beget, beget, clothes, is the same as the word bagad. What is bagad? Bagad or boged. You heard of boged? So if you remember when Yitzchak Rabin was shot, Right? He was shot by, uh, what is that guy's name? I can't remember. He was shot and they, he screamed out as he shot him, you are a traitor. You betrayed us. So, beged, clothes, is the same word as bogade, which means to betray. In other words, man's clothing may betray him. Adam's superior garments were the cause of the angel's jealousy. The result of this was that the shechina departed from him and from mankind on earth. You understand that? That the, the, sometimes what he's saying is that the angels are jealous of our great achievement. Or when we reach the highest heights that we can. And they were of Adam and Rishon. And therefore they, they caused him to wear Bagadim clothes. And the read Beg, the read why it's called Beged, is because it reflects to the betrayal of, um, of them, of this, of the, uh, to the spiritual greatness that could have been man. But Korach's jealousy, therefore, can be understood because if the angels can become jealous, so can Korach. But how do angels become jealous? How's that, huh? How's that? I don't know. I thought angels were meant to be jealous. Exactly. That's what Rabbeinu Bachaya is saying. That the power of kina, the power of this jealousy, is so powerful that it even chaps these non-material beings. I don't know what it means. I'm just telling you what he says. It's, I don't really understand. But, so, but once you understand that, you can understand how easy it is for us to get jealous. Right? If the angels are so kind of, So what does he do? So we know Korach, Korach gets, gets completely um, um, succumbed to his own jealousy 
and in doing so, he, um, he, he completely gets destroyed from this world in a real way. And he's really the example, as Chazal tell us, of um, that kinna covered in taiva mutzinet adam mina olam. And uh, I think that what's important for us to take out of this pasuk that we've learned here in, uh, in Kohelet is, um, as Rashi tells us, is what's our driver. What are the things that drive us to do the thing that we're supposed to do? Because it says, Gam ze hevel Now listen carefully to this. He says, all this stuff that he saw that was jealousy, 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 there's a hint in this verse. Gam ze hevel This is hevel. Now we translate that as futility. But maybe if we really think about it, we go all the way back to what hevel really is. Gam, gam same word, the gum part is heaven. Even the great heaven, who Hashem looked favorably upon. Right? He wasn't driven 100% by a desire to connect to Hashem. He was driven also by jealousy. And the jealousy is the thing that got him killed. Why am I telling you that? Because that's what Shlomo Melech is telling us. Right? Shlomo Melech is telling us to be careful. He's telling us to be aware. He's telling us that in our lives, we need to have a much deeper consciousness of what drives us on every single level. Right? It's sometimes okay to have peer pressure positively because it drives us positively. But at the same time, is it peer pressure or is it jealousy for what those people who are achieving what they're achieving are achieving? Yeah. Right? Certain people get recognition for certain things. Therefore, I try and do the same thing that they do because I also want to get that recognition. Or am I doing it because I think it's the right thing to do in my very essence? Something to think about, something to contemplate over Shabbos. Have a beautiful Shabbos, guys.